My name is Caitlin Malinowski, and I am your host of the IAUG Insider Podcast, the home of exclusive interviews with Avaya and IAUG industry leaders on the latest telecommunications news, trends, and best practices. this week's episode of the IAUG Insider Podcast. This week, we had the opportunity to sit down with Avaya's Steve Forkung and discuss some of the most important steps and some background on moving to the cloud. Enjoy. Hi, Steve. How are you doing today? Hey, Caitlin. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. So we're so excited to have you back on this um, IUG Insider podcast. Would you mind real quick going ahead and introducing yourselves for those who may have not met you before? Sure, sure. So my name is Steve Forkham. I'm a technologist with Avaya. I've been with the company for almost a decade now. Uh, before that, I worked for a couple of our business partners. And before that, I was a customer myself. So I've been around. I've worn a few different uh, pairs of shoes. So I understand uh, a lot of different perspectives. And that's helped a lot. Absolutely. So today we're going to kind of be talking about the cloud, as we usually do when you're on our our podcast, (laughs) and a little bit of what it's like to transition and maybe how some things have changed in the past month um, in relation to transitioning to the cloud. So I know a lot of people are planning for or looking for more information and steps on transitioning to the cloud um, under the most normal of circumstances, about how normal would it, I mean, sorry, about how long would it take to make a transition to the cloud? It depends. It really depends on every organization. I mean, the technology is there to get it up and running in a matter of minutes. Um, but the reality is for a lot of customers, they just can't move that quick. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we, we tell people that we can go in the traditional, you know, do a cutover and do everybody at once. Um, or we can talk to people about doing things gradually, which is where I think most of the market has started to go is people doing things in chunks. You know, I'll move this department over now. I'll move this group over now. I'll move this, um, you know, part of my organization or this location, uh, to the cloud. So it's much more, um, phased in my experience than it is kind of the old phone system model where here's cut overnight. You know, everybody's going to be, we're going to be pulling an all-nighter. We're going to swap phones on everybody's desks tonight. And, you know, when you show up on Monday, everybody will be on the same system. In today's world, it's it's just much more um, piecemeal for, for moving over. Generally, as a rule of thumb, um, you know, the, the longest part of moving to cloud, at least for the um, unified communications piece, is porting your phone numbers. Uh, So usually we tell people it takes about four to six weeks uh, under normal conditions. We can accelerate that. We can push it back and we can play some games with call forwarding while we're waiting for that number port to happen. So even that doesn't necessarily turn into a a giant time uh, delay, but that's a general rule of thumb. Sure. So recently with a lot of changes to remote work and kind of the setup of a lot of people's work environment. Have you seen an increase in people making that transition to the cloud in the past few months, or is it staying kind of similar to what it's always been? Oh, no, I think it's, it's pretty clear that it's accelerated as a result of the pandemic. And I think it's customers typically fell into two buckets, in my opinion, when the pandemic started, there were the types of customers that had been investing somewhat regularly in their communications platform. 
So they were supporting a remote workforce and they needed assistance supporting their workforce remotely, right? It's a small play on the words, but it's a huge difference for people that went through that process. And so many of my colleagues uh, pulled overnighters to help move uh, our customers' employees to their home offices. So we moved, I think it was two and a half million seats, uh, you know, our customers' employees from the homes to the offices through the use of temporary licensing. But in order to do that, you had to be relatively current. You had to be, you had to have the infrastructure in place. You just needed help expanding it. Uh, for a lot of organizations, though, they've been sweating assets for years and under investing in the communications platform because pre-COVID, there was a perception a lot of times that why would I spend five, six, seven figures to upgrade the, you know, the phone system, the communication system, when the same type of dial tone is going to happen on Monday that happens on Friday. So a lot of organizations just thought, I'm not going to spend money on something that's not broken. And the pandemic really illustrated how broken that was. Mm -hmm. So there are a lot of customers who even today are, you know, getting by and they're making MacGyver proud because their, their communication strategy involves duct tape, chewing gum and string. You know, they're leveraging consumer services like FaceTime and Zoom. They're leveraging um, you know, cockamamie call forwarding schemes to get their business phone number to ring on their cell phone number. So those are the types of customers that cloud is a very attractive option because it allows them to, um, you know, punch it and jump to light speed to, to kind of make up for years of underinvestment and just kind of skip those steps to, to basically just move right away. Uh, but, you know, it depends on which bucket you fall into whether you know you're you're going wholesale to the cloud or whether you're kind of exploring the cloud as what it could do now and also what it can do in the future. This podcast is sponsored by Unimax. Unimax provides a UC management software suite that integrates with Avaya. It includes tools for provisioning, employee self-service moves, ads, changes, and deletes, or MACDs, help desk agent MACDs automation, i.e. automated provisioning slash deprovisioning, phone number and DIP management, system migrations, unified MACD administration, and much more. Their products are vendor agnostic and compatible with single and multi-vendor systems from not only Avaya, but also Cisco, Microsoft, OpenText, formerly AVST and Xmedia, Poly, ServiceNow, and other ITSN platforms, Genesis, and others. To learn more, visit Unimax online at www.unimax.com. Sure. And I know you said it seems like everything's been accelerated. Do you feel like the timelines have been kind of crunched as well? I know right at the beginning, I'm sure there was where you said there was a lot of temporary licensing and things like that. But do you feel like even since then, we've still seen a huge increase in the amount of time, or I guess decrease in the amount of time it takes people to make that transition? No, I don't know as I would go there um, because I think right now we're pretty much past the 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 initial wave, you know, that shock to the system of, all right, everybody has to go work from home, like now. That kind of passed. Everybody at this point has either figured out a way to work from home, whether it's, like I said, kind of expand in place or whether it's make MacGyver proud. But now there's a, there's a lot of customers that are looking at how am I, I'm limping right now. How do I recover back to a walk, never mind a run? So I think it's a little bit more methodical as far as evaluating what the options are out there, because there are options. 
and then figuring out what's the right path for my organization, not only for the pain that we're feeling through the pandemic, but eventually this is going to go away. But what will blossom out of this once the pandemic passes? You know, what is the workforce of tomorrow? What is the workplace of tomorrow look like? And a lot of customers are trying to model their solution around both, you know, solving the challenges that we're facing right now, but then also being prepared for the future. And cloud is really um, attuned for that because I, I say this when I talk to people about cloud, it's, it's unlike any other product that you buy. You know, most products that you buy the first day is the best day. You know, you, you drive a, a brand new car off the lot and it only goes downhill from there. The new car smell fades, um, you know, dust gathers all over the armor, all dashed and tires, and the kids leave wrappers and toys and everything else in the car. Uh, the first day with most products is the best day. With cloud, it's the exact opposite. The first day is actually the worst day. And as robust as solutions like Avaya Cloud Office and, um, you know, our CCAS offering is, OneCloud CCAS, they're actually only going to keep getting better over time. And the nice thing when, you know, I think back to when I was a customer, I was always struggling to try and get upgrade budget and to keep my infrastructure current um, because it impacted the business, but it also impacted my career. You know, legacy infrastructure leads to legacy skills. And it was always a battle. But the nice thing about cloud is it gets, gets you out of that cycle. You just always have an up-to-date solution. You're not fighting for upgrade dollars every three to five years. It's just there. And it just stays in place. And as the pandemic passes and we kind of move into, you know, the workforce of tomorrow and the workplace of tomorrow, the cloud system will continue to adjust for that. And as an example of that, uh, Avaya Spaces, we just announced a partnership with NVIDIA. And my kid was really excited when we heard that because he's a giant NVIDIA fan. He uses their, their video boards for his video game computer. But what we're doing with them is we're actually implementing functionality into spaces that solves problems now, but also has an eye towards once the pandemic passes, this will still be useful. So we're doing things like um, background replacements in the cloud. So, you know, hide messy offices. But what people don't realize is because we're doing that in the cloud, once we start moving again, you'll be able to use your cell phone and have a virtual background. So even though you may be, you know, at your kid's baseball practice, nobody's going to know you're at your kid's baseball practice, even though you joined from an iPhone. And we're using background noise reduction. Today, that means when my dog starts barking, nobody will be disturbed by it. But tomorrow, when I'm at my kid's baseball practice on my iPhone, my background is hidden, but the background noise is also hidden. So you're not going to hear all of the chatter and everything else. And then we're also implementing um, real-time closed captioning. So in today's world, if you have a hard time of hearing or, you, you know, something's going on, you can at least stay connected to the discussion. But in tomorrow's world, you know, the, the background noise is filtered out from the people listening, but it's not filtered out from me. <laughs> I still have all that background noise behind me. So staying connected to the dis discussion could be a challenge. But with closed captioning, I can stay connected to what's being said. So that's just one example of how the cloud is solving problems today, but also with an eye towards the future of what is where work is something that we do, not somewhere we go. And cloud solutions are going to basically built, be built to support that reality. 
Yeah, that, that sounds great. Um, so out of, I guess, kind of curiosity, do you feel like some of the security needs that you have or you see a lot of your, your customers have have shifted knowing that teams are working completely remotely? Are there some specific recommendations you have knowing that teams are primarily remote? I know that's been kind of a concern is network security and making sure everything's locked down while people are in a remote environment. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting subject. And I don't feel like um, the surface has really been scratched on that yet. Because again, a lot of people are just, I've got to do what I need to, to just kind of keep going right now. We're not working on managed networks. You know, we're not working on, you know, infrastructure in an office where the IT leader can implement security policies and all these other things. Uh, and I think that's going to rapidly become a market that gets looked at pretty heavily just because we're going to be working from, you know, internet connections more and more and more, especially with the advent of 5G, it's going to become even more prevalent. And I think security is one of those things that is the, the lagging indicator. You know, getting stuff done is the first challenge. Getting it done right is the second challenge. Getting it done securely is the third challenge. And I feel like we're in that second wave right now, but the third wave is going to be coming right behind it. There are, there are ways to, to deal with security. Um, you know, so like with an over-the-top cloud service like Avaya Cloud Office or OneCloud CCAS, we're checking the boxes. Everything's fully encrypted. So the traffic going across the internet, you know, is a useless bucket of zeros and ones if somebody happens to intercept it. But, you know, I think there are other opportunities to add things from a secure perspective, especially in the contact center. So things like facial ID, when you call into, say, a bank, we know who you are. Um, to be able to use um, facial recognition to verify your identity so you're not sitting there answering the 20 questions game when you finally connect to an agent or if you're in the healthcare space, this can be really uh, important. So I think there's a lot of opportunity to have discussions there and I don't feel like that has been um, talked about enough yet and I think it will be soon. Sure, definitely. Um, so I guess to just kind of wrap up as a little ending idea, if you were to outline the primary five steps or so, or the first couple of steps necessary to making a cloud transition, what would you be? Where does somebody kick the ball off to start? Um, I think it depends on a, a variety of options. So the first step I think is identifying the need, right? So one of the biggest benefits of cloud is changing how you think about your infrastructure. So for years, we have built, uh, you know, best of breed multi-vendor solutions because by and large, everybody did one thing really well and most people didn't really do two or three things. And if they did, they were a jack of all trades and a master of none. But in a, in a cloud-based model, it's very much a best of suite approach because a lot of the things that you used to treat as apps have now become features. So for example, you know, a lot of customers are using an Avaya phone system, obviously if you're an IUG member, uh, but you may be using somebody else for video meetings, Zoom, WebEx, whatever. And maybe you're using something else for messaging, Slack, Skype, uh, you know, whatever. And in the past that worked, you know, that best of breed solution added value because, you know, by and large, it cost a lot of money to implement your own video conferencing service or, you know, messaging was complicated. In a, in a cloud-based world, those things become features. You know, when you move to a UCAS offering like via cloud office, 
you get unlimited calling. So, you know, the carrier services, the data centers, all that stuff's bundled in, but you also get video meetings for every person and you get messaging for every person. So I would say the first idea when you think about moving to cloud is changing how you view your infrastructure. Look at it more as a best of suite instead of best of breed approach. Start asking, what am I paying twice for? And what does it do to justify the continued duplicated expense? You'll be surprised at what you find there. I think the second thing is to get up to speed on what the new offers are. So one of the things that we offer is we have weekly webinars. Uh, so you can tune in to learn about Avaya Cloud Office, Avaya, uh, Avaya One Cloud CCAS, and we're gonna be adding additional webinars to this string. So you can learn about these solutions from Avaya, things like the Vantage device, things like Spaces. We're gonna be having these things running every week. So you can get educated on what's coming. The third piece is to set up your own trials, set up proof of concept so you can actually get familiar with the solution. And then I think the fourth piece is to identify how you would phase it in, you know, identify those groups or that wh where's the starting point. You know, maybe it's a new branch location that you're going to be turning on. Maybe it's uh, the IT group. Maybe it's this new group that you're bringing on board to support a new product line. Maybe that's where you find that starting point as kind of where you move to cloud in a, in a phased manner. And then finally, I think it really is constantly evaluating what is bundled with the cloud solution, what comes as a part of innovation after the buy, and how can that continue to offset cost and increase productivity in your organization. There's constantly new functionality coming online with cloud. And one of your best friends when you move to cloud will be your client success team. So at Avaya, Ben Small's group will be your, your best buddy from Avaya. They will be the ones that you'll talk to when you have concerns or issues, but they'll also keep you up to date on maintenance work and new features and functions that are a part of the cloud platform that you can start to embrace. So those to me are your top five um, keys to moving to cloud. Awesome. Thank you so much. That was really helpful. And I'm, um, I think that a lot of this is going to be really relevant to a lot of our listeners today. So we definitely appreciate you taking the time out and meeting with us. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Thanks again for joining us for this week's episode of the IAUG Insider Podcast. Be sure to join us again next week for the rest of David and Mike's episode.